0: All right, guys, welcome back to the Fitness in Philosophy podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing information and fitness. James, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great. Thank you. I'm real good. I'm uh, a little sore in different places, as I was mentioning uh, on the pre-call there. Um, I went to a new bouldering gym uh, yesterday, and uh, I do... I climb outdoors, uh, mainly, uh, sport with my daughter and, uh, we do top rope at this gym that we've been members of. And also I'd say 20% of the time is bouldering, but went to this new, you know, full on bouldering gym yesterday and realized a number of things with regards to my, um, my asymmetries that get picked out really strongly, uh, with regards to 100% bouldering um you know sometimes you can cheat the system a little bit for your strengths for top rope um but uh some of the bouldering yesterday as i was mentioned to you uh um it got to the point where i just i couldn't like make a move because my left arm didn't want to work as good as my right (laughs) and so i was trying to make all these compensations but like i said those limitations uh are good to figure out because it gives you something to improve upon and hence i'm got this interesting you know fatigue in my uh in my uh, forearm and uh scapula on my left side today which is kind of cool
0: is bouldering technically the term for the stuff that's like lower to the ground where you don't have the rope
1: yeah yeah no rope and uh and uh, if you fall you just fall on a soft mat basically yeah okay yeah Yeah, so yeah really good it was called uh, black rock bouldering gym if anyone's in the area and they want to you know do it uh it's uh it seemed like some nice people and uh um good service. Um yeah, it's a lot of fun. How about you? How you are back from the
0: Oh sorry, are you? yeah. Are you uh, in uh yeah, I'm, oh. I'm in, in California at the moment. Uh oh. up in Huntington Beach and Laguna yesterday, just kind of walking around and oh nice. Enjoying the weather here, yeah. Uh as of the time of this recording, I uh, just came back from the uh OPEC summit in Phoenix which was a good time and yeah good times. James and got, got to confirm that we were not ai programs relative to each other we were in we fact touched video.
1: there was a visceral uh, visceral moment there
0: the universe uh, sent a shock through the system <laughs> um so yeah that was uh that was very that was a, a great time and uh yeah phoenix phoenix is an interesting area like mm-hmm. The uh, downtown
1: is for sure.
0: Yeah. The place, the Airbnb that uh, Brandon and a few others were staying at, like the first night we got there, we were walking around. I was like, hmm, this is a sketchy part of town. And then there's other parts of it. And uh, yeah, very, uh, would artistic be the right term?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, I see the what people perceive as the artistic thing in especially downtown phoenix is um it's still you know in my in my opinion it's still a young city and it doesn't have a lot of years of um like like a new york or san francisco let's say right it doesn't have all those years of so I think the artistic thing that people see is just the city trying to figure itself out. Like, yeah. you know, uh, where, where, where do we sit on these things and how can we express ourselves as a particular culture? Um, and so that's what you see in the downtown core. Uh, yeah, very, yeah, very, very diverse in, um, in regard to class, you know, mm-hmm. uh, very diverse, uh, in regards to, uh, ethnicities and cultures and different pockets of different kinds of things. And, and uh yeah, so it's just trying to figure itself out the the tone in Arizona is still, you know, embedded in Arizona is, you know, a lot of people just want to just come here to just be left alone. It's kind of sounds funny, but it's like, they just come here to be like, listen, I just want to, just want to spend my days in the sun and, and, and hike, you know what I'm saying? Uh And now we have, you know, past, I guess, 60 years or so definitely an influx of people who are just trying to like figure out the opposite, which is, you know, come in and, and blend and mesh and grow families and like create a culture. Right. And that, that, that's what you get is this, this, uh, you know, uh, art and yeah. And the, and the, and the diversity. So it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to think about. I was, uh, uh talking one night at dinner with people about this like uh Irvine, for example, is I think maybe fifty years old at this point.
1: Oh.
0: As a city. Yeah. And um but just yeah, just this notion that like, you know, compared to like a New York City or Chicago or, or LA. Like, yeah. Um and Irvine is very um I've heard people describe it as like a gigantic bed bath and beyond. Like everything is like pre planned and like, you know, yeah. everything is the exact oh, sure. same you don't, yeah. you don't want to get drunk here because you'd get lost and uh just don't even know where anything is. Uh whereas, you know, New York has like twists and turns and crevices and yes. you know, pockets yeah. and things like that. So it's just it's it's very interesting how that uh how like the physical geography of a place uh and it's you know the people there and you know the attitude that you were talking about, like how that shapes community and yeah.
1: Yeah, it reflects it because, I mean, it I was, just, I was just speaking to uh, uh, my co-host on the uh, the other podcast, The Other, um, Fitness and Youth, uh, Daniel, yesterday about, you know, it just makes no sense that people live in Phoenix. <laughs> like, all these people living in a desert, you know, it's, it just makes no sense, right? Huh. So you have to take that into consideration, too. Yeah. Right? Uh, especially with the sweltering heat that these individuals that you were around put up with for four, f- four to five months of the year. Cause yeah. where, I, where I am, it's honestly a 10 to 15 degrees difference. And you hear me complain all the time about how hot it is just a little bit further North, uh, Northeast. Um, but it's disgustingly hot down there. I mean, it's one twenty on the tarmac around the streets all the time, like all the time. So yeah, there's that.
0: And I forget whether it was, I think it was the two of us at one point we were talking about, like, there was a video either I sent you or you sent me about how, like, different neighbor, like, the wealthier neighborhoods tend to have more, like, tree cover. Yeah. So, like, it really yep. ten to fifteen degrees less versus, like, the other yep. places that don't. And, yeah, just super yeah. interesting.
1: Yeah, it is. They set it up that way in, in design, which is, you know, somewhat intelligent. Um, same way for where my community is and, you know, the color codes and the the landscape set up they set it up for that for cooling and uh yeah so anyways I appreciate the uh just the conversation about or the reflection on on uh the valley because um yeah i I find it I find it great I mean I always talk highly about it you know not just the country but uh the state and the people here it's been uh it's good to you know you get to experience a little bit of that so
0: yeah no it was it was definitely fun, yeah um just a quick thing up front, guys, before we get into uh the topic for today. so podcast reviews. So at the summit, I had a number of people uh, say, "Hey, love your podcast oh, super. Uh, I really you know appreciate it, and uh we love having people listen and engage with these ideas. Um, if you guys do like the podcast, uh, be sure to leave us a review uh, and tell a friend, tell a friend you know mm. uh, um let let them know that this is something that uh, they might find worth listening to um if you despise uh pickleball and e-bikes as much as we do uh <laughs> head on to uh Tee Public, and uh we've got uh a pickleball Sweet. is just lazy tennis uh t-shirt that i will link to in the show notes and uh e-bikes uh, make you sad Yeah, e-bikes make you sad, basically. Uh, And and probably more to come. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. We've only just begun. Um, And just to clarify the language, it's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. Tpublic.com. Yes. So people go to it and uh, do that search. Um, Actually had someone reach out to ask where they could find that yesterday also. So.
0: Okay. Awesome. Yeah, Yeah, thank you for spelling that out. Um, Yeah, because that could be confusing. And then, uh, lastly, just in case, I think I've mentioned this maybe once or twice before, but just in case people I forgot or weren't aware, uh, we do have an email associated with the podcast, fitness in philosophy at com. So if you guys have any questions, comments, topics you want, want us to talk about, let us know. Reach I don't
1: even know that. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. It was, I mean, in when I created the, the YouTube yeah. for Fitness in philosophy, it, you know, had a Gmail account associated with it. So.
1: Man, that's a long ass email too. fitness and philosophy at gmail.com. Um, you know, that goes against this. Is so great. Cause it goes against all the rules, right? That's just what we do. Right. It's, like, yeah. it's supposed to be FIP at gmail.com or like, you know, uh, Rick at com. you know, like something. No, we're, we're, uh, we're keeping it real. Yeah. And we're keeping it real. So real long ass, uh, you know, email signatures. I also thought that, uh, you know, we we uh, we know people can do it, but sometimes people are not told, you know, how to especially for the topic today, how to consume information based upon what we talk about. And uh, although it sounds, you know, maybe maybe people don't discuss it a lot, but I think we all could do a better job of of saying, you know, it's great that you're listening and we really appreciate that. And it's great that you could talk to us about specific topics, but, um, you know, listening to the podcast, uh, you may want to do it as a ritual, right. And you could do it as a every two week ritual. I think that's our speed, right? Yeah. Every mm-hmm. two week ritual. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe plan out uh, a place where you can go for a, uh, I, mo- What's the chance that most people listen to this at one at the at the original speed? Slim today.
0: Um, that's a good question. I'm I'm a firm. I mean, my brother and I have this discussion all the time. He's a firm two Xer. I'm a firm one Xer for anything. I just I I can't I can't do two x or five X. So okay, so that's, I'm not sure.
1: Let's but. meet halfway then. You know, a, a a a doppelganger between you and your brother. Um, uh, that's a one point five. That means that you should take. 60 minutes out of your day every two weeks to go for a walk or a hike or something and listen to this alone um yeah i'm not sure if you understand what i meant there but you know we need to be able to tell people like no this is a way that you can consume it so that you can hear it and understand it and get it and uh you can contemplate and walk at the same time and that's a great way to consume these these uh shows and our information that we have to share
0: Yeah. And that, uh, that ties in with what we were talking about, I believe it was either last time or two times ago about like peripatetic philosophy, this idea of like, you know, the the walking school and Kierkegaard and all that other stuff, like the actual physical motion, uh, and it's, you know, obviously fitness and philosophy, right. Um, just that, uh, helps you, you know, probably process things better and understand them better.
1: Ooh, that's really nice. Yeah. Cause fitness in philosophy would be walking while thinking,
0: yeah exactly uh and i guess one other thing to stay tuned for uh we have we have a new uh uh podcast photo cover that i'm i'm a big fan of that's that'll be coming out soon and we didn't we didn't actually we knew we were going to take the photo i don't know if you noticed this james uh but I, i really liked the way the photo turned out but i don't know if you noticed this you know so it says like in in the exact uh like way that fitness and philosophy is written there's you on the one side, and then you're wearing a t-shirt that says let's get physical. And then I just happen to be the wearing the live a larger life, which uh, I mean, obviously it's fitness, but like it's also yeah, like the philosophy. Yeah, it like, is. I I didn't even realize that till no, uh, it, I didn't until either. That. I didn't so know kind of either. Weird. That's fantastic. Kind of a cool little uh uh thing there. So be on the lookout yeah. for that.
1: Yeah, I also thought uh wasn't it neat to see the differences in uh just how the picture is portrayed with uh, black and white versus color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's a significant difference between the two of them, you know? Yeah. So uh, yeah. Anyhow. Uh, yeah. That's great. I look forward to uh, some feedback again. That's i uh, I'm going to say this over and over now so I can remember it, but fitness and philosophy at gmail.com and, and write it, write us just to like, so you can save it in your um, address book. Or in your email or, you know, whatever the, I don't even know what people use today for that, but I know that when I like need to send you a, we transfer file, I just put in ROB and your email comes up, you know? So that's what you need to do. You need to, you need to uh, write us an email and just say, Hey, listener out, you know, that's it. That's all we need to hear. And uh, then you'll be able to write anytime you want.
0: Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, If you still have a Rolodex, you know, keep it in your Rolodex. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, when 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 these podcast episodes eventually become the uh, call to prayer in a hundred years, you could say,
1: "Oh,
0: you, you reached out to us, and 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 you were you were part of it. We the, were the
1: beginning. Yeah, the the stuff. initial shareholders of thought.
0: Yes, giving back to the planet.
1: That's right.
0: Had <laughs> <How'd> to <it> go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man." All right, guys. So uh, our next couplet is going to be information and misinformation, um, obviously uh, related to you know, a lot of the things being discussed in, in politics today. And sadly, uh, I fear this will become all the more relevant as yeah. the next couple of years go on. Uh, but today, we're going to start off with um, information. Um, So I usually recommend the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy article for a lot of topics that we do here. Um, You know, keep in mind, of course, that these are written by different people with different, you know, means of communication and things like that. Um, I still think most of it is a good article that's accessible to most, especially as they're discussing the history of information. But as you scroll down, it starts to get pretty darn in the weeds, which you're you're welcome to wade into if you'd like, but just buyer beware. Yeah, for sure. (laughs)
1: Just a side note, I don't know if I told you I wanted to mention it. My daughter Hannah has SEP.com saved on her bookmarks now. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. We why did we go there?
0: Yeah, I was gonna ask, is that just general interest or like a book report? No, no, no. Or? It
1: was um gosh. Oh, it was from her AP World History. Um and there was something about something about um religious belief or or belief in general or, or what was it darn anyways we went went there and um yeah anyways uh, you'd be happy to know that at the end of the couple hours or whatever she was doing her work came back she was like yeah this is a treasure trove of, of of stuff in here you oh, know okay. things that she could she could find on the particular things that that they do a good job of. So I just wanted to,
0: I forgot to mention that. Yeah, And this is just a interesting aside that just came to me as you were saying that and thinking back to something you said at the summit and just, you know, what we were just saying about SCP and, and youth and things like that. Like, you know, you were talking about free thinker, free mover. Um, Part of the reason I was asking why she was looking at it, because I know that in the vast majority of schools, philosophy is not taught before age 18. Right. Um, So that's an interesting little tidbit there that maybe has at least some connection with some of the stuff you talk about with, uh, you know, graduating as being a free mover and being autonomous, you know, maybe a connection to like, why is it that philosophy isn't taught until college? Like why, why not just get like little bits of it throughout so you can be, you know, more of a free thinker as you're, uh, growing up. So anyway, just, 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 Man, that
1: just, yeah, that makes me think of so many different things of, um, you know, how, how can we possibly get to the point where those individuals can acquire specific knowledge about how to be a free mover if they don't also have the, the, the pieces in place to become a free thinker. that, That just made me recognize that. And then, and then secondly, um, I think that has to be a T-shirt. We have, we have to do. We have to connect that together for sure, um, and t- tie in the concept of freedom next to it, et cetera. but um, that has to be that has to be in place. Um, but wasn't there also, Robbie, you and I discussed this of a someone just read it just more, more recently wrote a young adult book. remember I re- referenced a podcast remember that I sent to you, this person who just wrote that book? and then, title of the book was a, was a classic, uh, was a classic philosophical. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. So nat- yeah, I, I saw, I saw it at the, um, yeah, Nasty Brutish and Short and talking yes. about te- teaching kids about, about philosophy. Yes. That, yes. Was, yeah, that was an excellent podcast. Um, uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I agree with, you know, a lot of what he was saying. I think the, uh, you know, the big hiccup there, I mean, not a hiccup, but like, It just it's at the personal level so like he's a philosophy professor teaching this to his kids yeah Uh, but you know aside from maybe like a catholic high school or something like that where they're studying aquinas or something like that they're really not teaching or studying philosophy at least as i'm aware yeah no um, no no no. Yeah. yeah and what i
1: got from it was that uh i didn't think that he wanted to put it into policy for public schooling I think it was like a, a reach out to say, Hey, if you're just an adult and you read this book, you may be able to pass on some things to your children in terms of how to, uh, how to think about thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I really, yeah. I really like that. And yeah, the free yeah. thinker Uber connection. Yeah. I, I wonder, yeah, that's super. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I, I think I wrote Foster, that down, right? Yeah, I think I wrote that down as like a potential podcast episode as the summit, the free thinker, free mover thing. And uh, the same way in the mover case, there's kind of like a structure imposed on what you should or should not be doing, you know, typically team sports. You know, the thinker part is like, just accept, you know, English, math, science, all this other stuff. So anyway, uh, definitely something I would love to uh, talk about. But yeah, just kind of an interesting connection there.
1: Yeah, great. Well, I mean, the tie in there, We'll, we'll we'll be able to move around that uh, tie-in of that particular topic for today and information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. A nice tie-in as to, you know, modern times and the, the classic language of there's just so much. It's the information age. There's so much information, et cetera. But uh, maybe start us off with some basic definitions so that we could, like, start with something and then move around it with regards to fitness.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, different definitions that are out there, um, you know, portrayed in different ways, but there's just one set of definitions. So information can be defined as knowledge or facts learned, especially about a certain subject or event. Now, even before we go beyond that one, I do want to mention an important point. Um, that's kind of like, it's, it's philosophically minded about how, when you know, people say something is valid, right? It's like, "Mm, that, that means something very specific. So knowledge as we've talked about on a previous podcast you know there are debates about like exactly what it is but like generally speaking justified true belief yeah belief that has justification and is true information on the other hand which is going to be relevant for today um it's less um epistemologically robust meaning that information is just uh it's just data it's it's things. not necessarily... what's that things things yeah it's just uh it's just stuff um like you know like you know i guess we could colloquially say false knowledge although that's kind of a contradiction in terms um but like misinformation no, it. but misinformation is is a real thing so just just something to keep in the back of your mind that like information and knowledge are not the same thing um when you get information that's data that could be eventually transformed into knowledge with proper justification and you know truth conditions but by itself it's it's not knowledge so just just a something to keep in mind
1: yeah that's a good primer i like the way we're going to get to also discussing misinformation because that's one way we could have gone about it is to you know, define that first and then it sometimes would help, you know, discuss what information is, but we'll get there. But I think your, your description certainly, uh, starts it.
0: Yeah. Um, the act of informing or the condition of being informed communication of again, knowledge, just keep what I said in mind. And then process stored or transmitted data, kind of more the the computational science, mathematics side of things that um, is far more prevalent today. Um, And then there's this really good Einstein quote that I used to have on my syllabus when I used to teach uh, philosophy that, you know, I always liked as a way of talking about the use of philosophy. So. He said, the value of an education in a liberal arts college is not the learning of many facts, but the training of the mind to think something that cannot be learned from textbooks. So with regard to what we're discussing today, and with regard to what you were saying earlier, we are literally overrun with information today. Like um, anyone who thought information would cure ignorance, uh, I've got a big old counterexample for you, right? So um it's all the more important in the midst of all this information to have a mind to be a free thinker to be someone who can question assumptions who can say does this make sense i I see that this is being put out there but um you know is it true does it have justification um so it's 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 all the more important to be a free thinker in the midst of this uh tsunami of of information and that should also highlight the fact that information is not knowledge right like again we have all this information but it is not it's not necessarily knowledge or wisdom just yet yeah
1: no i think that your this your definition of information from the get-go and the different difference in that and knowledge would certainly make sense to most people recognizing that um and uh, i am excited to get to the point where we could rummage around the social pressures to hear and see and taste a lot today we there's there's just so much uh yeah like the uh and and to get to the questioning of where where does that come from so you know and and maybe it is just you know the advent of uh the digital life or the virtual world or you know information technology uh quote unquote um or let's call it the robust increase in you know information technology being the biggest thing in like 1988 you know (laughs) um and then you know just how how massive that is that has changed and transformed the entire landscape but the yeah there's a lot of social pressures to uh hear and see um and taste (laughs) not as much touch but there's a lot of social pressures to do those other ones today and uh and i find that fascinating in regards to all that information being out there and so many things being available so many pieces of data you know why do we feel the need why you know who told us that we should be like trying to figure out what all those things are um you know we've discussed it previous too of you know to take one little excerpt of information based upon you know current current political truths or current political um, conversation that happens today. Right. We've discussed that before. Remember with our Walter Cronkite versus, you know, paper New York times or something else options. Right. And now today, like (laughs) that goes from, it goes from two or three options to 75. Right. And, uh, and I think then more than that, uh, hopefully maybe we can get to that within fitness too, is, um, is for maybe people to push back against my point, uh, which is indirectly connected to that, right? Like I, I'd, I'd like the Jack LaLanne, Walter Cronkite to, to rise up again, you know, um, and, and then still allow people to discern what to do with that, those facts and those pieces of pieces of information. And I'd like to see that happen with regards to fitness, but, um, yeah, I'm interested to see if we get somewhere with that as like a something we can grab onto and and uh, give to people so that they can decipher, you know, because I in the end, Robbie, I just want people to be able to uh, uh, move and tell no one about it, you know, um, and and also, you know, uh, like as something that I just personally uh, have taken on uh over the past I guess couple of years, but i I watch and consume and look at information and uh, do any kind of stuff in regards to uh professional sport i've I've decreased that by i don't know sixteen hundred percent over the past couple of years um, you know and you think about all the information that goes into that right like the the four hours of watching football on a on a Sunday. And the three hours once a week with my daughters going to a Coyotes or, or son's game and the YouTube uh, TV videos of F1 racing or, or uh, English premier soccer on Saturdays, like add all that up, you know? And that's what I want, you know, maybe you can push back against with regards to fitness today and how I perceive that. So people could recognize it's not really, it's not really beneficial. Like the information that you're gaining from that. Is it beneficial? I should say, is it beneficial? What's the benefit of it? Anyways, that was long-winded in terms of the social ramifications of the pressures for people to, to get information today, because to your point, there's so much of it.
0: Yeah, no, a number of good points in there. I mean, yeah, I like the, you know, Jacqueline Lane concept and fitnessness in the sense of like being a beacon of light in the midst of the storm so to speak of yep. you know being someone who you know stands for something and it doesn't mean you know we're not we've joked about OPEX North Korea before we're not we're not talking about saying everyone has to be indoctrinated and beaten if they don't uh, uh, believe that you should work out because you can and because it's for you but uh, you know there can still be differing opinions
1: but North, uh, OPEX North Korea um, doesn't allow uh whoop bands
0: or inside tracker.
1: Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's so that's uh, that's there's the rub, you know. Um, right. you know, because and they also don't want to have um, some uh, some individual who believes another certain thing with a different color of skin on there doing exercises that is on Coach Rx in Opex North Korea, you know. What I mean, it's like, uh. You can't, you can't be watching that person do that, you know. Like, so yeah. So that is that is the, the rub. So it's like there's there's the argument in there of like, well, is that information valuable? And that's what brings it into I think what I what we want to figure out for today for information and fitness,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, and I and I, I see what you're saying. I mean, and that's where there's a uh, there's a fundamental difference. I mean, I guess you know, with North Korea, you could have an entire state, but with you know a uh, an OPEX gym. You can be like, okay, in here, this is what we believe. This is what we do with, as we mentioned on various other podcasts in a modern democratic pluralistic society with different competing conceptions of the good. That's kind of where you run into uh, issues. So we're not, you know, yeah. really, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying a Jack lane or Walter Cronkite would, uh, you know, shut down any and all challengers because in a lot of ways, you know there probably were many challengers to like the Walter Cronkite story. We just didn't hear as much about them um, back then, but just someone who can be more of a beacon of light for, you know, truth and for uh, honesty and integrity in a sea, awash wash with uh, information. Um, so, yeah. And then the, yeah, the second thing was, uh, you know, with regard to, you know, sports scores and just, you know, going to sporting events and stuff like that um yeah just you know just an interesting thing to ponder you know some people have asked you know do humans have a finite capacity for empathy for example uh you know we we are finite beings like whatever else you want to say about us uh do we have a finite capacity for information you know we we seem to keep you know calculus Mm. and physics and um but you know theoretically there's going to be a point that kind of like outstrips our capacity to absorb it and you know to your point of well, what are you consuming and you know what what are filling up those those coffers now you know there could be a counter argument with sports stuff well, it's not necessarily for that purpose of gaining information so much as it is letting the brain relax so that it can absorb other information better you know you could, you could make that case it's not necessarily um, one or the other but 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 I think it's worth it's worth pondering for everyone to think about like yeah, we all have a finite capacity for information choose wisely. Something
1: yes, like yeah, and I think thank you for that of the explanation. And I do need you know our listeners uh, fitnessandphilosophy at gmail dot com as well as yourself to like push back against that notion because I think from what, from what from getting from a two is always which I appreciate an increase in language as to how I go about saying it. But what you just mentioned was really important that I think we're going to get into is. You know, we're not talking about as a whole of persons. We're talking about one person, right? And and we have to remember that, you know, humans are so dynamic and changing over time, right? And we have a developmental thing that we're constrained with, right? Of the things that we can accumulate in not in knowledge and and the way that we see information, but you know, clouding that I would say, as opposed to like supporting it, is now the the uh, the onslaught for all humans today around uh perception and motives and intentions and uh and beliefs et cetera, like that that's that you know i'm saying that's the bottom so back to your point of the sports and me just you know not spending those hours right if i was to stretch that out you'd see that it's not just because it's useless information it's because i want to strive to be a better person and i think that inside of that, again, see, that's the motives, right? That's my motive. doesn't mean everyone else's motives could be that way, but that's my motive, right? Because my perception is I'm looking ahead going, there's this amount of time to your point, right? The finite aspect of it, there's this amount of time. And this is what I want to do, right? And this is how many fucking books I need to read. (laughs) And there, there's your kicker. It's like, I can't, I can't gain a knowledge or an increase in knowledge of those bits of information. Do you see what I'm saying? If it's clouded by, you know, woke garbage within the NBA, do you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it, so I see it's got nothing to do with the woke garbage in the NBA. It's got to do with, well, what am I trying, what are my motives? Right. And I think that's, that's why I, I, I gleamed from your points back of uh of uh, that, I hope people can pull. You know, it's like, man, there's there's so much information. I think this is it, Robbie. There's so much information, but you don't have to. You're not going to miss out by not touching a lot of it. This is that's I think what I want to stamp. Yeah.
0: No, James, they got to touch it all. <laughs> someone, someone, someone's going to take that and just. Uh,
1: <laughs> and there's pressure to touch it all, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you you have to show today. You know, especially as an intellect, right? Got to be on Twitter. You got to be writing for a big paper. You know, you got to be at an academic institution, right? Like, there's a lot of pressure. You got to be touching all of it, right? Yeah. Oh, you can't, you can't say that. You don't read all the papers, or you can't say that you're not, you know, you're not a, you're not taking a bipartisan approach. There's all this pressures for people, uh, for that. So, along with saying, like, a lot of the information doesn't need to be. And for anyone who still can't get past the point that I'm like relinquishing and getting rid of sport entirely in my life, um, as a positive note, I really do feel that I'm becoming a better person as I extract these things from my life that people think I'm only an N equals one, but, um, I'm not missing out on anything. And, you know, I'm the only measurer and judger of me myself as a person. And I know I'm actually better, um, um, and more resilient um mentally and cognitively because i removed a lot of that information that social pressures want you to be a part of
0: yeah it's a fair point and you know i mean i think i mentioned on here that i'm a gigantic uh apple fan and have been for a while but you know one of the things they always talked about in the design process and the thinking process is, um it's not so much what to include but what not to yes like what what to exclude. So, you know, using that similar prop that similar idea with regard to information, what you were just talking about, and not necessarily need to touch it touch all of it, or uh, you know, ditching sports, whatever it may be, it is important. And you know, there's an art to this, of course, because you know, we've talked about how it's important to have countering viewpoints and, and think yes. through things, and but but there is something to be said for um certain information or certain sources of information, not clogging up for lack of a better term, your finite, you know, resources when it comes to, you know, being able to think about these things and store information. There are better, I mean, nor, you know, normatively there are better and worse sources of information. This is, this is like a, this is a fact. And, you know, again, choose wisely.
1: Yeah. And I think, man, you just hit on another point too. I was thinking of the growing mind, um, and, uh, cause I think, you know, generally it seems like a good idea to offer numerous different pieces of information as the mind is growing, right? The whole concept of heterodoxy in opinion and exactly, exactly. But I think this is where, this is what we're discussing. There may be, there's a continuum though, of, uh, extremes with regards to information and that growing mind as to what is like useful to, to come up with you know, to come up with the best way or the best method, right? Right. Uh you know, I, I shouldn't I can't I can't stop saying right, but you know, so the yeah, I was just trying to think that uh that's that's really it is just there's there's so much social conformity and pressures around you know 47 different versions where and this is the this is the thing my my concept is, you know, I'll use the Jack Lane Walter Cronkite, you could get a lot of it still with three. <laughs> you know? Like and and there's there and there's and no, there's not 16 different versions of those three that turn into 47. It's actually still the basics of three. Anyways, and uh um I know that you have thought about those particular things before because of uh the basic principles inside of like God versus Kantian morality versus nature, right? I mean, it's, there's there's not 17. It's like there's two or three. You know, I shouldn't be giggling at that because some people's entire life are to get dedicated no. to one of those arms.
0: <laughs> I wrote my dissertation on that one thing. How dare you, James? <laughs>
1: I included the other two. You get my point, though, right? Yeah. I hope you understand my point.
0: Yeah, definitely. So what to to do? Yeah, what to do, right? Yeah, practically. And that's, yeah, that's kind of the tricky thing, um, which we'll we'll talk about uh, a bit today. So this isn't in any particular order. These are some interesting concepts around information for people to um, think about. You know, as we talk about, sometimes the values and in the question uh, and the different perspective. So these are just some ideas that are going to relate in one way or another to um, what we talk about in fitness and information. And But keep in mind, like the philosophy of information is like a gigantic thing and we're just kind of scratching the surface. So um, one unique thing about information that tends to get talked about is, is its relationship to uncertainty so whether it's the philosophy of science or things like that our uh, probability at the theori- theoretical limit of gaining all information infer- uncertainty would be completely reduced to zero so whether that be predicting the weather this has a, been a debate for you know thousands of years in in philosophy with you know free will life you know, origins yeah all those tip- all those things like if you knew um, if you had all the data points, if you knew all the laws of physics, if you knew all this stuff, could you accurately, uh, predict what's going on Uh little side plug for a, um, great TV show. That's a mini series that basically explores exactly this concept in this realm is called devs D E V S. Uh, it's on Hulu slash, uh, FX, uh, it's with Nick Offerman, um, and excellent, but yeah, just really, it, it, it delves into this exact notion of like, what if we actually attained all this knowledge like what what do we do um but in you know fitness and nutrition um it's an interesting thing. Could we get to the point where we would know exactly what response someone would have to work out before they do it, like exactly like not not like, oh, I guess you might have this response, mm-hmm. but like no, you'll have that response or knowing exactly. Uh, What response to a food someone will have before they uh, before they eat it. So, um, you know, just an interesting thing to ponder the extent to which more information. And of course, in this case, it would need to be like the right information, right? (laughs) It it can't be faulty information, but good information tends to reduce uncertainty.
1: Yeah, the uh, I think about to bring it home for people who have ever competed in CrossFit events, or the the ongoing yearly cycle of the opens. I mean, we became, I would say we uh, as coaches, as part of uh, big dogs, um, coaching people specifically in the online realm of this preparation year in year out. That's one of the things that we always uh, were, were opportunistic in, in looking at all the pieces of information from the ongoing yearly cycle. You know, so, and this is, it, this brings it all together. Cause if you look back at our pre open preparation shows, and this is still uh, in the ether uh, that people could go and find, and it's going to have a digital footprint forever. So you can mark my words, 40 years, you know, uh, we'll be like, oh, they were savants with regards to <laughs> what they were doing for that. No, really, it was our experience. But the whole point is ties in your point that Robbie, we actually tried to, to get people to recognize those kind of things right like this is how you're going to react to this food and this is how you're going to react to this particular task so how did we even seemingly think we would know that right it was experience like a ton of experience of putting people through those things and extracting all the principal pieces of information that's how i came up with um you know the the concept of dose response just it's just in a physical world right um, intention plus modality plus person equals dose response right there's multiple different things that go into that so i took all those pieces of information from how we observe people you know doing these particular pieces of work and then tried to strip it down to see well what are the principles that a human could use going into those things for the prediction of prediction of like how how is this going to feel right Uh, So I I love that. I love um, how you put that in, in because that's what we were trying to do. It's so wonderful to hear it that way. We were trying to try to make things as certain as possible, you know, full well knowing you know that's almost impossible. But damn, we uh, we did a good job of at least raising levels of certainty to the highest point. And how do we do that? Was from that from extracting all that information. So there shows the power of the of a, a timeline sequence of experience right that dictates truths that can be gained after information is is in the in the system
0: and it also shows how powerful a predictive sort of framework like that can be even without you know i mean let's say all the information to represent how someone would react in a workout is let's just theoretically say it's 100 percent, and like let's say we currently at, at our today's stage, like you maybe had access to 25%, like you couldn't yeah. do like the weather conditions and the perspiration all these other things, but still being quite powerful, even with that, you know, limited knowledge base. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, and it's a nice upgrade um, that, and it was this whole separate topic. Uh, um, after I uh, pee again, I'll come back and we'll talk about, it, but the uh, book that I just started called Burn Um, still uses those older concepts of metabolism and a certain body weight of a human and doing this amount of work for this time is going to yield this many calories burned. Right. And it's still in the 2022 concept, right? It's like, Oh, it's all the same. And basically what you just heard me say, we put people through so many different versions of things that my, my, my whole point on that is that, you know, there's still a whole ton of room for the experiences that are inside of that thing and the appreciation of every human being different. Right. That's, that's the key thing that we want to pull from this with regards to information. Right. Don't forget to look back and be like, Oh, all humans did that. It's like, well, no, if you want to really get some true piece of information that are helpful, you're going to have to appreciate the individuality and the, and the differences in it because uh three minutes of running uh for everyone at 85 kilograms is not the same and we still think that is today all right anyways back in a sec yeah i'm not sure what that's gonna do
0: all right well we'll see we can spice them together if need be um Next interesting question would be you know how do we acquire information? How do we how do we come to gain information? Um, so things like senses, uh, like you were talking about, experience, which obviously includes the senses, but also you know broader things like you know doing a workout or um, visiting a different country. Uh, scientifically, through instruments, um, whether it be the telescope or microscope or something like that, we can gain information. Um, and then obviously, you know, books and and, and reading uh, and things like that, those are all sources of um, information, uh, which I guess leads to another point that I'm going to actually bring up closer to that. Um, knowledge that versus knowledge how. Um, this is an important point in philosophy, the difference between knowing a fact about something versus knowing how to do it, um, I guess we could class this information would be more closely linked with knowledge that so, so think about it this way, like think about a person who has never uh never taken a swim before, but they know everything about the hydrodynamics of swimming and how mm. humans know can you know how should they should be turning their mm. their head to take a breath as they're swimming and things like that. Uh, it's the famous, you know, philosophy example of uh, what is it like to be a bat? You know, you can know anything there is about bat physiology without knowing the qualitative aspect of what it's like to be a bat. So it's it's an important thing just to keep in mind there that I guess the term information would probably be more closely associated with um, that, that sense of like knowledge that uh, it's not to say you're not you are getting something from like the experience of it and you're getting information there. But um, yeah, just, just something for people to keep in mind that typically when we're talking about information, it's, it's more like related to um, books and data and things like that. Um, Whereas experience is relevant, but of a qualitatively different sort, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it does. I think it does help also with our, our, you know, a never ending concept of trying to get people to learn how to be autonomous in fitness and to get to the point where, you know, not only are they struggling to figure out what bits of information are important for them to know how to do this, but also the concept between them and the pieces of knowledge. Right. And and what is the constraints that get them to knowing those things that allow them to self navigate, you know. I reduce it down to some simple things, but as I always mention, there's color underneath all those, right? It's not just move every day, eat real food, learn and adapt. There's like, you know, patterns. I'll just, I'll use that one to always, you know, extract that there's patterns. Well, how do you get, this is where we, we need coaches to think about that on my, you know, horse that I always try to ride on, you know, getting people to these simple ideas so that humans can understand it. Not only at a high speed, but stuff that you know sticks with them, we'll call that knowledge, right? Um, so these pieces of information, I think we could probably grow in our concepts of what you're calling uh, experience there, so that people could you know see that's why I love the concept of images or video. you know so people having images of video of particular patterns will get them there, and that's a sense of sight. Right. So without even doing it right, they see it in play. They see it happening. And I think that sometimes having those, you know, uh, you know, those. uh, Derived photos in your gym indirectly or directly gives someone a concept of start from sight. Right. Uh, Secondly, we probably don't do a lot of idea this. We've tried to do it with dead mouse, but sound and particular sounds of it, you know, gets people there as well. Um, now, I know it may may take a while for people to think about this, but we all know it to be true. Like the, you know, for example, you, you know, might be able to recognize this too, but why, have we, why do we become so sensitive over time to even recognize what, you know, a power clean catch sounds like with some extra plates on the side? And we could actually over time discern were those tens or were those fives that were the extra plates on the side, just how they, just how that reception cling happens. Do you know what I'm saying? Or even yeah. taking it, how many 45s you have on metal ones, when you take it off the bar to step into a back squat, that little, yeah. that tiny, like, clunk, 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 like the depth of that clunk. Do you see what I'm saying? That's sound, yeah. right? So that could get people there. Obviously... Tasting and licking weights is probably out to lunch. Um, but uh, feeling and touching this is where the instruction aspect of this is what it's going to feel like you know, just move your hand in front of you and envision, you know, uh, extrinsically of just pushing something that's threatening to you away, right? Push it away, right? So you see that, and they actually push that thing and push you or push something. Now there's the vision on the wall, there's the sound of it. And then there's that, you know, physical touch. These are the senses and pieces of information that could quickly get people there, you know, without them having to like, strictly only say, you know, is it going to make me bigger? Will it make me leaner? Will all this, all the stuff inside that they get lost in, we could focus on those, those pieces. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot smell, but I don't know. There's, Probably a separate topic too on the the, the wonderful smell of a gym or uh, other humans that are sweating amongst uh, chalk,
0: right? And uh, how much of a workout they got in, or yes. yeah, exactly. Yes. That's a good point. Uh, we already talked about um, you know this notion, but it's just worth reflecting on and reminding people: like this idea is more information always better. You know, we talked about how information tends to reduce uncertainty, but keep in mind that has to be the right information um you know this notion of is collecting more data always always better and you know i think we were hinting at the fact that mm, maybe not maybe not so the right
1: uh, individualized info is best
0: yes i mean all other things being equal relative to a particular problem more um, you know, question collecting the right information is good, but, you know, if it's not the right information, it's just going to confuse you and make the task harder.
1: Yeah. And again, you're, you're doing it. This is great because it's bringing back to like the things that coaches and people, uh, need to figure out. Cause when, if you, if you think about that and say, okay, yeah, I believe in that, that sounds like a, a particular axiom I could use going forward then you do need to recognize that you're going to say no to a shit ton of things that are going to come up over time. And you're going to feel like you're missing out severely. Why? Because there's social conformity to make sure you know about the newest, you know, Time Magazine article on eggs. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so anyhow, that's the struggle, I guess, over time.
0: Yeah, and especially in the fitness space, and we'll we'll, we'll get to this, but you know, um, there's all sorts of information or data that, you know, such and such number. Or, you know, we always have to talk with clients about like, yeah, your Fitbit that says you've burned X many calories, like A probably is not accurate, and B is is kind of you know derailing you from like the point of what you should be doing. But there's lots of um, different data sets and data points out there, especially in the fitness realm today that um seem to be attractive and helpful but are actually not whereas there are some that seem to be potentially useful now no i i know i know i know you're waiting to pox on all the yeah. house in body blood work times low resistance pace hrv i i know blood sugar monitor i know i know it's coming yeah. i'm 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 here for it i'm here for the discussion we need to intuit our vitamin d levels i'm uh, here
1: for you james i'm here for you and your attention you I know
0: I know my distinction between potentially useful data and uh, not as useful data is about to probably go out the window, but at the very least, we can say that we can say that there's a spectrum of stuff that is less likely to be beneficial slash potentially confusing. Whereas there's some stuff that's potentially more illuminating uh, even though they're all falling.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Listen, just to, just as a note, Uh, I generally have more of an irk with some of the things that you mentioned and proposed as they believe to be seemingly like virtuous concepts of information that they're going to give to people. Uh, The ones because I could easily go through the list and tell you what's in and what's out on that only from my perspective, because I know that some of them that were inside of what you mentioned there in in the background i believe are truly nefarious so i know that the background has some other intention that they don't make transparent to the public so that's that's the irk that i have i know the background information of how people got there you know the big questions asked six times oh why do you measure this oh because of this what what made you think of doing that oh because of this who said we should measure that oh this person what is their intentions? Oh, this reason. You see, you keep trailing that back, and I always use the simple term that sounds very provocative. But just follow the money, you'll see there's some bad ass actors in a number of those things that are telling you, "Oh, this is great information to help you get healthier." Ugh. So that's the irk that I have, which you know, we, it's, it's it's humorous, right? I knew you, that's that's where, why we we needed to discuss it, and also inside of that, people should recognize I've recommended and promoted numerous different pieces of information uh, or that people should be a part of over time. Um, and I, I really do honestly think that at the first I was unconscious, then I became conscious and felt dirty because I became conscious of what I was promoting for a back end like supplement I needed to sell or something like that. And then it very quickly turned into this reductionism concept, you know, over time, you'd be like, well, this is the basic stuff that you could get and all that other things, you know, don't worry about it. It's not necessary. So it's not like I can't speak to it without saying I was once a pusher, right? I pushed a number of those pieces. And it just takes time to recognize what is important information and what is not. And how you can get there is two, two ways. Be brave enough to say, well, I think this is right for people. And then just, you know, Work with that. And then secondly, be uh, aware of principles that have stood the test of time. And as also, of course, the a priority that I have is what is it what's going to make someone vital? You know, it, is that going to make someone vital? And if you ask those questions like that's actually that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in regards to what does matter. Well, it maybe it's knowledge acquisition or, you know, something else. So anyways, that's my uh, that's my irk with some of the things of uh the information pieces that people can gain. And also I can't go on without saying that I'm older. And uh, uh, the great thing about being older within fitness too, is that I've seen this six times or seven or 24, you know, different versions. And there's a lot of people that are not around me or have not been for 30 years that uh, we could all get in a room and go, yeah, yeah. You know, we should create policy that says whenever, Uh, the new form of keto comes up in five years, we immediately tell the public, listen, this is just another scam to make people seemingly think that it's going to lose all weight of all Americans by this particular idea. It's called something different. Do you know what I mean? Like there's not, there's a shit ton of people who can make, you know, hucksters that can make a whole bunch of money on this new concept that's been around seven times that I saw. So anyways, that's, that's the older curmudgeon point that I need to make on those.
0: No, no, I mean I, I obviously I, I I kid but I I think I think the discussions are are good and, yeah, uh, uh, are. and important and uh you know challenging you know um you know challenging all these sources of of data as you know how necessary are they to be vital and um to live a good life and it also gets to the question that we'll talk about you know how how useful is data without a context like all these You know devices and things like that and uh you know people talk about big data and things like that you know there's all this information numbers and all these things that are being spit out and collected but um how meaningful or useful is that without a context or a framework or an interpretation in which to um understand it right like you can you can generate numbers from anything right I'm, i'm sure there's you know um I'm sure there's some program right now that like, as we're recording this could generate numbers from like the various intonations of my voice throughout the, does that, you know, throughout the podcast, does that signify anything? Maybe change. Do you know what I mean? Like there's meaningless numbers that can be generated or like my, my hand move, you know what I mean? Like just, just because you have a number behind it does not mean it's, it's, it's useful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. The, yeah. (laughs) What is useful? That's the <laughs> that's that's the the thing that uh, drives me to keep asking those questions. When you mention um, data, I also this is something I, I I find it very difficult to contend with. You you may have heard me discuss it for at the summit or on a different call previously, but I keep asking the question: you know, do we really need research and data for those things? you know, like, so this is the there's there's because there's so much information and there's so many options and it's so, you know, seemingly prolific, right? Everyone today, you know, use the context of nutrition. Everyone thinks it's so complex. It's got to be complex in it's like uh practicality, right? And here I'm saying, oh no, it's very valuable to just eat real food and just focus on that as, as a, you know, as an example, um Well, as I call it, coloring other things like sit and chew, find out where your food comes from, eat with other people, you know, like there's other things that come with that. But um, and it, I do, I truly do believe it's not more complex than that. Um, But yet, you know, you know, people would say, no, it can't be that simple because there's so much information. Do you see that? It can't be that simple. And and you know what they have on me that I talk about all the time? I'm never, and we will never, be able to provide evidence through data, you know, to support that notion that that works for most people. Because, you know, if if everyone was to quote unquote, you know, uh, sex, sects, sects, uh, S-E-C-T-S and tribes and et cetera, were to get on board with that, um, they'd be seen as like cults, uh, you know, that maybe... People will come back and look and say, oh, gee, it was kind of interesting. The people that just had these basic basic things covered of real food most of the time, they did pretty good. There wasn't these things in regards to disease or complications of the human, you know? Um, So anyways, that's the thing that I always, uh, you know, I don't know, Robbie, if you ever thought about that, but it's like, you know, you should put... I should put like all the resources into doing research and design around this hypothesis that I have for that, you know, like all all in, like all the money, (laughs) all the money to, to prove that point. Right. And then I go, it's just way too powerful. The other side of information, you know, and the investigation of all those things is way too powerful and way too big and robust. Right. So anyways, that's the, that's the contention that I have with the concept of your point on data. What is data is what data is necessary. If, you know, someone makes mention of something in which you don't have to try to derive data because there's some principles in place that would be really simple to follow.
0: Yeah. And also there, I mean, it's, it's a good point. It also depends what we mean by data and information. Like we absolutely, you know, we absolutely 100 percent do have data to support exactly what you discussed but it's not published peer-reviewed uh you know it's true uh, stuff uh double blind placebo controlled stuff it's you know evolutionary theory which is based on uh you know we have anthropological evidence you know talking about how you know the transition from hunter-gatherers to uh you know agriculturalists in terms of you know tooth decay and bone health and size, you know, all, all, all these, de- you know, we're all fairly familiar with this. So like, that is, that is data. Now, you know, I think what you were trying to say was, uh, we'll never be able to prove in kind of the double blind placebo controlled way that this is correct. Was that, am, am I? Yeah. Am I yeah. As if, case? as
1: if, you know, you had to stand on stage and compete against someone who was, yeah. you know, pretty futuristic technocrat progressive in thought with regards to like no we need to use all this information that's gleaned from the thing on your arm to determine what's individualized for you for your nutrition that yeah there's just so much of that right yeah
0: um so and I, it's I don't think i'd
1: ever be able to contend with that in regards to like amount or numbers or back and forth besides just having like a you know a uh <laughs> um I was just trying to think of a, an intellect that just has this ra- this razor sharp um, back and forth, you know. <laughs> this sends the, you know, I just think of the William Buckley and uh, Gore Vidal uh, back and forth, you know. It's just like this razor-like thing that's like, oh man, that that was really good, That really good. And there was no real, it's not, he didn't, you know, say, well, I got these 17 papers, it was just something that both people knew, ooh, that made so much sense that (laughs) he doesn't need all the data. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah.
0: Well, I I mean, that it brings up a good point that's related to information is that, um, you know, information going all the way back to Plato and Pythagoras was very inherently linked with mathematics and quantification. Mm. And to your point, um, you know, standing up on stage and like competing with, you know, these devices like, you know, there's something mystical about numbers, right? It's like, well, if I can put it if I can put a number to it, if I can show you, you know.
1: Certainty.
0: Yeah, you have uh eighty thetans in your body that uh Dianetics is gonna <laughs> pull out of you. Uh-huh. Um, you know, to take one example, uh oh well and, and now I'm now I'm at fifty thetans after doing, you know, the the handheld thing. Uh-huh. But you know, I mean I I joke, but I mean there's a similar thing in fitness. So oh, yeah, uh, be be careful of being Bewitched by numbers. Uh can, can they be useful? Sure. Um, but you know, especially in fitness, and going back to some of our discussions around progress long before the concept of a number was even around, or before people could quantify, you know, they were healthy and fit. Um now to to give a little counterpoint even to that point, though, just just something I'm thinking about, like, you know, before we knew about evolutionary history, like there is something to be said, and I, I do think this is right that um you know evolutionary theory is a great generator of hypotheses but it's got to like be double checked out like even before we knew about evolutionary theory if there's like a hunter grandfather tribe that's like well my pappy did it my grandpappy did you know what i mean like that can be good sometimes there's a lot of good stuff in there too but there's a lot of dogmatism and ignorance that comes in there too like there there's there, there is something to be said for like you know evolutionary theory is a great generator of hypotheses it it's what unites the fact that like a squatty potty and like amber blocking glasses and like how do those two data points fit together they they don't except through yeah. evolutionary theory um but uh there there is something to be said for the rigorous um checking or questioning of like well was that the case so i i i, I do think that's important too even though i do agree with you that we're going to probably, unless it's a thousand years in the future, fall really short of having like concrete double-blind placebo controlled evidence. That's, you know, database to show like, this is what we should be doing. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or I-, I love that because it gives hope to, uh, you know, just the people that could read between the lines more so over 50, 60 years of existence, you know, and I think uh, I say it over and over, but we really are at such a fascinating starting point right to the future of the human race uh, i really think we are there there's a very intricate it's probably what the folks in in france in the 1700s were saying you know um you know with scientific revolutions and concepts and ideas people were coming up with like i just remember reading too more recently about discovering how to measure oxygen <laughs> like think about that it's only a couple hundred years old you know so right i'm saying the same thing right now you know with uh, Meta around, you know, and and what we're doing right now on the interwe- on the internet, like it is a, it is the starting point that I think I just I'm just reaching out so that someone 100 years down the road is listening in, you know. Please try to extract those 50 year data points, right? So that you could you could uh, see the benefits of those uh of those principles, of that uh, you know bison and. And uh, cherry fig that that First Nations person put together in Albuquerque, you know, thirty thousand years ago. You know, something something that's stood the test of time with those with those basics.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, one other last point to make just before we get into fitness, which by nutrition. the way,
1: those two things go together really well. You could uh, try it out with a Tanaka bar.
0: Yeah. Um, and they
1: found it in their poo. You know, twenty five thousand years ago, in these little caves, they found uh, these uh, remnants from uh, those individuals' uh, poops.
0: Yeah, I remember when I first found out about uh, pemmican bars. You know, you know, jerky, jerky's okay, but pemmican is yeah. That's yeah for me taste wise. Yeah. That's where it's at. Um. So this is just sort of an interesting historical thing that I thought was worth mentioning um, about the, the term information uh, before we get into fitness information. So um, just a brief overview for those who may not know, uh, Plato famously thought there were these um, these uh, forms of like the form of red or the form of uh, strength or the form of... Uh, a ship or something like that that existed in this kind of platonic heaven if you will and you know up up in the platonic heaven these are kind of the ideal versions of these things in the real world we get you know um more um corrupted or less idealized versions of the, the forms that actually exist in this platonic heaven so um the the word information i, I didn't realize this until reading the article it actually comes from Plato's theories of form and this idea of information, mm. like to inform. And one of the other things that they discuss is um obviously back in Plato and Aristotle's time, they didn't have, you know, well, no one knows what a floppy disk is anymore, aside from <laughs> people over a certain age like like us, but uh, you know, they, they didn't have uh, you know, things that were storing data. But one, but one um thing that they did have that is kind of similar is this idea of uh wax imprints so no matter what uh you know sort of um metal you were using you know if it had a particular shape it could imprint data or information on this Mm. formable uh thing so they were talking about how that's you know one of the original ideas of of this notion that like information can be transferred. And that's actually, that's what Aristotle used to talk about uh, perception and how we perceive, you know, kind of proto theories of how humans perceive is that, you know, they see something and just like um, a stamp gets imprinted onto the wax, mm-hmm. you know, the, the dog, you know, seeing the dog imprints itself onto our mind and that's how we mm-hmm. get the representation. So I just thought that was an a interesting historical connection there.
1: Gosh, I love that. Cause it makes me think about when I just hear, Uh, great minds and brains speak about uh, just so easily about our adaptation capabilities as humans and our sense-making. You know, that's generally in the neuroscience realm or most times in diseased realms, right, where they study people that have issues with sense-making or perception issues or, you know, things that, uh, uh, to your point there, they, they... They can't uh, accurately assess and say what is a useful piece of information and what is like what is not useful or Mm -hmm. what is too much or, you know, I mean, if they're if they're really open eyed, you know, and like looking around thinking it all has to come in or if some are just very good at, you know, just being able to see. So that makes me think about that, about the how unbelievable humans are. It's crazy, you know which maybe separates us from a lot of other species as well that, that the sense-making of, of things, right. These, right. let's just call it these metaphorical tentacles that reach out and are capable of, of, uh, to your point, you know, seeing the form of things to say like, Oh, what, what's where have i seen that before. Who well, You know, what's the patterns inside of that, you know, is that it's cause it's, it's more than in my opinion, is it threatening to me you know is it going to kill me or can i use it as fuel you know to, to or can i use it to help reproduce <laughs> you know right. there's a lot of other things to that um so yeah thank you for that the historical point on it
0: yeah and that's you know it's a good uh point to like information as something that helps as, as sense making as something that helps make sense and every human exists, you know, on a spectrum of, uh, you know, trying to connect all these dots from people who are, you know, very skeptical and don't want to connect any dots to, uh, you know, everything's in the tea leaves and, uh, astrology, um, you know, and th- th- things, things like that, where it's like, it's all, it's all connected. Every data point is talking to every other data point. It's like, you know, so there's gotta be this balance of, uh, what stuff is truly connected and what stuff, what stuff isn't. So. Yeah yeah so as far as fitness information i broke thing I broke things down into kind of the fitness individual coaching uh and the fitness collective um so you know just reflecting on the fact that we um you know we're just at the c c p summit and I think Carl was saying at one point that you guys were reflecting on the fact that like three or four years ago it would have been like map progressions and um you know strength progressions and stuff like that um one of the things i was struck by um was how philosophical it all was and you know it just made me think in in discussing fitness and information um this notion of you know how how relevant to the fitness individual is is information in general and um how much more important is something like a, a perspective shift or a you know, different ways of, of, of thinking about things. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to start with any of these, uh, questions, but yeah, just something to maybe start us off this, this notion of like, um, how relevant is the notion of information to a fitness individual? And, you know, may things like perspective shifts or different ways of thinking about, um, you know, what's good in movement and fitness be, be more useful. So,
1: yeah, I think it's the uh, uh, the age old, you know, uh, problem, but, you know, great thing that we have in front of us today is to be able to have, you know, responsible um, adults in the room that are going to actually ask these questions, right, around, well, what is, what is positive information for this person that leads them to become autonomous? You know, and I just don't think that... Um, as I've mentioned, uh, in, in other worlds and it's gone on for a long period of time, a lot of people have been talking about autonomy and fitness for, you know, a hundred years within fitness. So we're just a, a cohort of another group. Like I've said that you get these groups of people, right. Uh, that I've fortunate enough been around two or three of them that are giants that I used in my opening talk to talk about, you know, Um, it's important to talk about it. And the way I see it is actually less and less of those little cohorts and people are actually getting together to discuss those things. Um, so that's what I think about with regards to, that's the first thing I think about with regards to the fitness individual, like you said, um, as opposed to the fitness, you know, uh, or, or others in fitness, as opposed to the system in fitness, as opposed to the collective, right? I think that at the fitness individual level, um, it's very difficult. It's a, it's a big, it's a big problem to overcome. Um, and internally there's strife for that because we're, you know, there's a lot of people inside even that small cohort who have a really hard time, you know, seeing the, seeing the concepts of autonomy take shape in their life alone. So it's, it's even, it's even tougher to propose, what would be the to your question what what are the basic bits of information that we should that we should uh, give to the public um knowing well also the other darker aspect of that is that quote unquote the public <laughs> you know um who are they what what generational issues do they have in place right what what's their media what does what does the 27 other versions of fitness say to them do you know it's it's a very it's a very challenging challenging piece but as as always i always have hope in the coach who becomes more knowledgeable of the concept of them getting to be autonomous themselves because then they could speak to it to another human more eloquently and then the 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 client then starts like uh getting rid of like me with the sport thing analogy they start getting rid of stuff that is not necessary as bits of information because they start recognizing that that's not helpful. It's not helpful for me. So there's a little, there's a wee bit of hope in there, but there's a lot of things that are problematic in getting it, gaining steam and getting it going.
0: makes sense. Um, So I guess related to, you know, um, fitness devices and tech, which we've always, we've discussed before. And by the way, we're coming out with a uh, fitness and philosophy Fitbit. Uh, Stay stay tuned for that. Fitness and philosophy can't call it that, but yeah, it's going to be called
1: a A, Fitbit.
0: A Fitbit, yes.
1: Fitbit,
0: the Folly Band.
1: (laughs) That's a better name.
0: Um, do you see? uh, You know, I mean, if if we think of you know, not useful data on one end and useful data on the other end. Are there any useful bits of information that you think the fitness individual needs? This could be things like times, loads, distance, pace, um, you know, muscle versus fat on an body scan. Um, are there any numbers or any quantification that's necessary or helpful? Or do you feel like that's all just, um, not as useful or problematic?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, just for time, you know, uh, I'd say no, you know, I think the only I'd say no, none of it is useful, useful relative again, it's relative to and where do I how do I say that it's relative to what is important to what I want to see in most people in fitness, which is what consistency, uh, rhythm, and them moving every day forever. And so then you got to ask the question, well, what could possibly get in the way of the most people getting there? It's the these things that we either come up with, whether it's good intentions or not, right? Oh, we got to measure. We got to measure stuff, right? And, you know, I, I can finally sit here and be convicted in knowing that someone who's pushed measurement for 25 years, right? But the, my intentions were somewhat good because we had to figure out where people were starting. But then if you see the fitness journey as not a goal oriented approach, but yet doing movement for the sake of itself, you now see that it washes away all the concepts of measurement and trying to get pieces of data because we've, we've, we've come up with a solution or we propose a solution. Well, what is the solution? Oh, it's these basic th- so so what could be pieces of information uh knowledge acquisition through the senses as a starting point, and then the first steps of experience that's that's how we get there, and that does not that would not entail in a perfect world what you just mentioned of all the options so uh yeah, none of that stuff is necessary um what is necessary is maybe the ideas we talked about earlier of the senses at play for knowledge acquisition and conversation right so this you know do do you you know to make it as simple as possible do you see that see that image you know what what's going on in your mind right and and, and the person would say oh i see violence like maybe someone punching right and they're like okay so you see, you're you're learning about the person as to how they're going to perceive movement all from because you're you're already getting an indication of their sense making, right? As opposed to just saying, oh, you're gonna do a dumbbell press and this is what you're gonna do. You're not allowing them to think. You're just telling them what to do. So, and it's like, oh, and you're gonna get information from this, from this technology we're setting up on your force output, so I can determine your mets. you see what I'm saying? Like all this you've jumped over already the individualized sense making of the, the the picture of it, the sound of it, the smell of it. (laughs) We know we love the smell of those rubber dumbbells, right? There's a smell to it. Um, anyways, those things have to be done first, I believe. And none of that is, is, is quote unquote, the pieces of data that you had given for, for what's required. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um,
1: or that little sound of the machine weights hitting, you know, when someone bottoms out on the leg press in the machine. Yeah. You know that little cling. You know, that's a different cling than the barbell cling. Anyways, these yeah. wonderful. I should really put together a, an inventory of noises in fitness that uh, we could put into a, like a dead mouse song or or like yeah. a 100, 110 beats per minute we could do on the front end of our podcast.
0: Yeah, a scratch and sniff book for uh, for <laughs> goodness.
1: Oh, that's a rogue barbell.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the, the and these is little elements where you ground. put
1: your hand in this black box and you just feel stuff. It's like, oh, that's a lurling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's chalk.
0: Reminds me of a uh, Dune. What's in there? Pain, fear. Yeah, <laughs> that's when he puts his hand in the uh. Yeah. Dom <laughs> Jabber or whatever it's called.
1: <laughs> oh gosh.
0: Oh man. Interesting. Um, don't watch
1: Jeffrey Dahmer on Netflix before you come up with what's in that black box.
0: Yeah, that's why that's why I've heard. I've heard it uh yeah. Just it's creeping people that shell out. Um one thing I, w- I was thinking about the other day that I, I do think is related to this, you know, we've talked about uh, walking and lifting rocks before as kind of like, you know, sustainable fitness for the rest of one's life. But you've also advocated for this notion of like, you know, if someone's potential. So let, let's say, let's say where my hand is right now. And, you know, if you're listening to this, just, I'm I'm just using a position of my hand, you know, this is a hundred percent of someone's. Um, potential given their age and history and all the rest of that stuff. And if, you know, the argument is, well, Fran and other things is obviously above that and it's going to lead to, you know, not good stuff. And, you know, just going for a leisurely stroll is maybe at 50 to 75% of that capacity just kind of moving around. Mm -hmm. How does one know, um, or how does one um, keep going for this notion of like, I want to, be the best version of me physically hmm. without some sense of, and, you know, I, I know the immediate retort. Well, your sensory perception, how did this feel relative to that? Well, yeah, I don't know about you, but I don't remember how something felt a hundred days ago. I mean, yeah. sometimes we do. Um, yeah. Nefarious or problematic. You know what I mean? Like I, oh, I, I, I do, I, I do, I do wonder, like, I mean, walking is awesome. I love walking, uh, but you know, there's only so many times you can add time or distance to it. Yeah. Um, you know, what about, you know, with aerobic capacity or strength capacity, like I want to see how close I am to that physical potential without reaching beyond it. Could there be a use for quantification there?
1: Oh yeah. Um, well, no, I like how you tried to put that one in the back end, but it, uh, it does come down to intuition. So you have to, of course, on the front end, discuss with people on basics around the concept of fatigue and put it into two buckets, you know, called the lifting of the rock, uh you know tension for humans, right? Like, urgh, you know, describe it that way. And then the other is sustainable. Like you can go on forever. Yeah. You can go you go on and on and on and on and on. And they're like, okay, I get it. I get it. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Well now that we understand these two forms, <laughs> these two things of of if we if we approach it from a fatigue perspective, it gives people a daily and the and ongoing insight into if they're pushing up against their, or f- I call it flirting, flirting with the potential as much as possible all the time. So, yeah. and it's it, so you would start with that okay. along with, you know, the, the basic premise that, well, I would hope that you're going to feel to figure out with, by what you do, that that gives you feedback to continue to do things. So, the also, the thing, you know, we can put it in the the usual terminology coaches would use today. you got to be able to recover from what you just did quite quickly in order to show that you're going to be able to do this over and over and keep pushing towards your highest potential. So, yeah, you'll have to explain that to the person that we're not really going to know if this is actually useful for a really long period of time of pushing up against your potential because it takes all that time to see if you're actually... Uh, doing it, doing it correctly. Right. So that's why we're the, you know, I, I love the fact that we had a, I call it a social experiment, right. Where it took people about 18 months to figure out that Fran all the time and Diane, you know, wasn't helpful for that concept. Right. So you will know over time, if whatever it was, if you're flirting with it, that allows you to recover like the next day and to do more things and the next week and do more things and continually progress. And then stretch it over a long period of time and you'll know that those pieces are pushing up against your potential. But I would put it into that, you know, of course, I I describe it a little bit in more detail, but I'll just stop there after, you know, you fa- you'll fatigue in resistance in seconds and you'll fatigue in sustainable work in hours. So and I need to describe it to the person so they recognize like, well. You we know, well, what rock should I lift? Well, what did I just tell you about about you know our forms, right? Yeah, not not forms. I just see it sticking on the screen, so I want to use it. But you know, we want to do resistance and we want to do sustainable work. Did you get that? Okay, yes, I got that. Okay, what did I say? What did I? How did I like picture the resistance thing? Like, Argh! you know, you do know that that's gonna only last for seconds. And now they're like, okay, so I have to get to the point where I can comfortably lift some rocks that I can only do for seconds. Yes. Yes. You're on the right, you're on the right track. Right. So now they're creating this like intuition and learning of course and knowledge around, um, you know, what they can, you know, fumble with and play with and see, you know, these physical challenges they can put in front of themselves that would get them there for that. And then the same thing I would say along the lines for sustainable work, right? Well, how, how much, how long, you know, should I go? Well, how much have you gone? Well, that will go a little longer than that. You know, so well, how will I know intuitively that it's enough? Enough for what? You see, it's enough so that you can come back a couple of days later and do it again. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's, it, you'll you'll figure it out. Um. Anyways, I'll stop there because I, I just get, I get uh, so excited about that proposed individual in front of me who really does want to learn how to be that way you know, and does want to learn about those pieces. But uh, so to answer your question, no, nope, there's still no pieces of measurement in there. It would be an intuition with some front end education on the basics and principles.
0: Okay, so no notion of how far you're walking, no notion of how long it's taking you, no notion of how heavy the rock is, even though those things can subjectively vary from day to day yeah, quite considerably. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's I almost
1: mean, it's I, almost impossible to think that humans can get there. I, I, I think anyways, I think that it's almost impossible for humans to think they can get there, uh, because it's so simple as an idea and we're just clouded by all the things that we need to measure. I think that's why it's just difficult to get there. That's my opinion, anyways.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. Yeah, I guess I just don't see it as um you know, again, kind of thinking of the spectrum of two vices on one end and then maybe the mean, I, I don't, yeah, I don't see it as nefarious or problematic to know that, you know, it's like uh, the Henry Rollins line, the iron never lies. Um, well, you got to know what the iron's, you got to know what the iron says, right? You got to know the the distance or the time or to some extent, I mean, you don't need to obsess over it, but like to know that, well, I'm resisting entropy. Like I used to be able to lift 200 pounds but now i can only lift 190 do you know what i mean like 198 like um there's yeah
1: yeah i wouldn't yeah i don't see it that way um because the you know the iron never lies concept you know i think was mentioned for a different perspective based upon uh fitness reflecting back to you truths right truths in your capabilities right so i don't i think the person over time we see again we we can't seem to think that Someone is not going to learn after, you know, 67 different sessions of going to, you know, 12 different areas of different rocks of knowing what one rock is. They're definitely capable of lifting and another rock they're not capable of lifting. And therein lies the good challenge where they're like, I'm not sure if I can lift that. Okay, great. So this is the this is the reflection back. What do you do? You you try it. Again, like to to use Rollins point, that's a truth, right? You could pick it up. Do I need to know what weight that is? I don't think so. And we seem to forget that like for me, as I'll use as an example, um, I I probably, no, not probably, James, come on. It's good that I still have that like little bit of questioning still inside me, but I definitely can't lift as heavy rocks as I could uh, 10 years ago. Okay. So, but, but, but how did I get to that? It was from experience and intuition, but experience, right? Just seeing it play out. So, in an in in that particular situation, I know it sounds individualized for that person only walking and lifting rocks, but it's a good, you know, it's a good metaphor to use. They would know what they can lift over time. To to your point of continually pushing up at even at resisting entropy, right? But how did they get there? It's all that culmination of repetitions. You know, to your point, which I love, of seeing some truth in what your capabilities are, even at even after 25 years. You know, yeah. Um, and I and I didn't even, you know, I could I could much easier go the sustainable route and give you know more strength to the to the to uh, not needing all those measurements inside of that. Um, you know, for for all the all the wonderful things that we can use in terms of intuition and our connection to. To ecology and nature, that um, that is the measurement determining piece of that. And again, I don't need to know how much time, but uh, I would I would you know, anyways, I don't want to go down the road. But I would use the same kind of ideas. Like I don't I don't need to know the time, and I don't need to measure that. It's just uh, um, I'll be able to get feedback if I'm if I'm aware and what's what's happening.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Um, like, why
1: didn't we, why didn't we hike longer? You know, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting thing. You don't need to ma- answer it, but it just make people think about that as, you know, why do we hike a certain distance? Well, I mean, there's, you can only hike that distance that's in front, but there's also these other things, right? I got to go back to my job 90 minutes later, or I have to catch a plane in five hours or the next day, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it it's these other things that, you know, that are involved in that, that would that people learn over time, Right.
0: Anyways. That drive us to to quantify things you're saying. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Um we've obviously talked about technology and wearables before on the technology um uh episode. Um what about what about coaches and information? Um you know, we've talked about what things a coach needs to learn before. We've talked about that a little bit. Um, you know, what what's the um what sort of information should the coach impart to the client, if any, is the coach's role just to ask questions and to shift perspective? Um, you know, what what kind of information should the coach uh, acquire going back to that, you know, that noticing about the CCP summit and it being more about perspective shifting than, um, you know, um, information gathering. Uh, and and he, any thoughts there about uh, coaches and information?
1: Yeah. Well, if we're going to enter into coaches and information, you know, we have to, it's going to make us realize reality and current modern times, you know, so uh, I could very easy, very easily on the back end of that question say, well, you know, well, my, my, if I had it my way by 2035, you know, the entire fitness industry would be gone, you know, if I had my way, um, but, but that would be unfair because that's not reality to what's in front of us today. Cause some, some, some coaches still want to gain some information either for, well, really for themselves. Right. But for themselves that they could pass on to other people with good intentions. Right. So, um, if anything, um, and maybe you can come back with maybe, well, I was hope you say, I hope you were, I hope you're going to discuss this, but maybe it's, Coaches should be trying as much as possible per day to get as many pieces of information as possible that they can turn into knowing about the concept of humans navigating uh, by themselves, you know, uh, for the rest of time, you know, for their whole life, their whole life. So just contemplating that, which as as I, I give time to and conversation, right, like, we even proposed some ideas, maybe it's one out of seven of those ideas, but one of the one out of seven I proposed was give people a timeline on your relationship, right? Like we got a timeline, maybe it's two years, you know, you're going to learn all these things, you know, and there's lots of, there's good philosophical argument to like, well, why two, you know, why, why not 18 months? Why not six weeks? Why not five years? Whatever, and those are good, but I'm just saying, come up with a strategy of it and yeah so what coaches should be learning right now is all the pieces of information that will help them gain as much knowledge as possible on the concept of autonomy yeah because even in that um that will that will help you discern and and ward off the onslaught of uh you know, inside tracker or whoop or aura emails. It'll just help you like because you'll sit back and be like, is that is that helpful? Is that helpful to this project of me gaining as much information as possible, leading to that that thing that we want for everyone? And then you'll start to realize over time, it's like, oh that's not helpful. That's not helpful to the to the entire thing. Maybe you'll go back to your uh back to your job, right? Uh, I was just thinking about Spencer Nix, who's been uh, who was there this weekend from Dallas. Uh, they're now called behavior and performance, something. You might've seen the t-shirts there. He had a number of coaches there. Uh, they're they're out of Texas. And I think there's still parts of Dallas. Excuse me, uh, Spencer, if you're listening in and you're not there, but, you know, I keep thinking about uh, where they sit. Cause I asked him the question, you know, uh, cause it, just think about this. He was back in my facility in 2000. 2000- uh, nine doing personal coaching with me in my facility as a CrossFit athlete, moving into bobsleigh. Um, this was, you know, that, dude, that's 13 years ago, you know? Um, and they were in the CCP original CCPs, etc. And so I asked them like, what are you, what are you doing here? Like, what can I, what can I give you as pieces of information? You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure if you if anyone can understand why I would ask that question, but I was, you know, um, and anyways, his answer back was phenomenal of just this concept of like, just trying to continue to learn so that he could, you know, ward off what's important and what's not important. Cause we both realize we're downstream from culture. So you just got to be able to, so anyways, that story about Spencer and the, the concept of, you know, what he was essentially there to learn was a little bit more about information around autonomy. Really. And then now he's going to be able to say, okay, well, how is that important then to me and my clients and me and what I want to do? And you just kind of, kind of fit it together. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And going back to that notion we were talking about before about like, um, you know, whether it's the CCP summit or something like that, um, perspective shifts, not necessarily data sets, and information or map progressions but this notion of like um you know to your question of like well what do you have left to learn from me it's not it's again it's not necessarily you know uh data about eat more broccoli or uh you know strength progressions or something like that it's the pers- it's, it's the perspective shifts uh that, that come along with these discussions yeah i
1: should have <laughs> i should have uh that should have been cradle to grave everyone's like expecting this like philosophical juggernaut of, of, of points. And I, I bring up on the board 2022 brand new version of map training.
0: <laughs> yeah. Map 20 to 10. <laughs> new progressions. Now it's an eight year map progression. It's not a year and a half anymore. It's an eight year progression. And at the
1: end, I'll have the, the the screenshot that said, if you want to work with me in this yeah. information, <laughs> Man, <laughs> this
0: is, is is what cost. Can... Yeah. six
1: thousand dollars per month yep 30 minute zoom call group every friday (laughs) i'm out (laughs) oh james (laughs) uh i'll even have uh uh ways inside of showing you how you can get out in social media and stick your neck out in the crowd. Oh
0: man, when yeah, when that uh yeah there there were certain presentations that I was just like man if I could just see James face right now. But uh
1: Yeah. yeah. Hey, man it's all part of the it's all part of this you know it's it's the it's the fitness world we live in. You know it's it comes down to that question, you know, that was asked around you know the the digital world that we live in, how to mesh with it, but not mess with it. You know, and I, I just don't, I think there's only maybe me and a couple of other people in the room that are maybe asking the philosophical question on the on the the underpinnings of it. Because we all really feel, I think we all feel, that there's some, there's some, uh, yeah, I know uh, this is the correct term, but there's some immoral, immoral things inside of it that we can't we can now now we can now cannot now at this point in time look away from I think that's what we're like oh gosh you know and uh, anyways
0: yeah there's definitely a tension yeah yeah. I mean I I think of the coach more I mean I know we'll probably disagree to a certain extent in this this regard but we have talked about this before but I was thinking about it more at the CCP summit I personally think from a philosophical perspective, you know, this notion of, um, you know, Richard Feynman as the quote, one of the main goals of life is not to let yourself be fooled and you're the easiest person to fool. Um, I think a coach, um, you know, I, I I would agree with the notion that, you know, the idea that you should breed dependency or that, you know, someone needs to have a coach is, is problematic. It's like, hey, you want to walk in the frocks, go do it you know, go do it. Nothing's stopping you. Um, I personally more and more see the role of a coach as um, someone who can be a third party objective um, perspective shifter um, in a lot of ways that, you know, can get you to ask questions about yourself and why you do what you do that, you know, if, if, uh, if therapy is kind of the, you know, extreme medicalized acute version of that, but that, that can also be very beneficial, but also quite, um, cost prohibitive and, you know, people think, well, something's got to be really, really wrong in go to go therapy. I increasingly think of something like coaching as, um, a way for people to have this third party, um, objective check on what it is that they think and open them up to new perspectives that they themselves would have a pretty hard time getting to on their own. I I think, um, all of us, whether it's, uh, you know, via friends or family members or coworkers or something like that, there's something about interacting with others that helps us to shift those perspectives. And some perspectives I think can be gleaned, friends and family members and then others can't unless it's a third party um sore so yeah i, I guess in- increasingly I, I i think of coaching more in that way and i think um yeah just from a pure philosophical perspective this notion that you can call yourself on your own bullshit um sometimes <laughs> sometimes you're too too blinded by your own bs to To see without a third-party objective perspective so i to me i i see that as a very big value in uh in coaching that it's not necessarily about imparting such and such information like einstein was talking about you know reading books right it's about how to how to think about certain things so yeah it's just a perspective i've been having well that's good
1: i think and it's i think it's also um it's also positive that you and I both think differently about that because it's a reflection as well. What we want to have with people who listen in as well as, you know, in philosophy, you know um, there's not always agreement, which is great. You know, we're proposed mm. to ask questions, but then when we get to opining on particular things, it's good to have a different perspective. Um, yeah. And we'll, you and I will continue to go back and forth on that. Like, you know, my, my point of, you know, I think it's I think it's only there because it exists. It doesn't you know, I, I still don't think that, you know, to take the idea of. Um, you know, if, if it didn't exist, what would people do? I think we'd be fine, you know, and, and again, I think it's important that you disagree with that notion uh, for these reasons. I also think that um, I guess a middle ground, which we do get to a lot of ways, is that. I think it's the language of it. So maybe it's not a coach, you know. Just to just to propose an idea of a middle ground between our points of of uh, disagreement. Uh, maybe that's where I, I call people uh, role models and exemplars, you know. So you're calling it a third party. Well, I'm calling it the same person, you know. So it's a it's actually what you're calling a coach. I'm calling someone who who role models the characteristics of a free mover, you know, and, and I do think, I really do think that um, that person without even having consultations or passing on information can do a lot to promote the concept of others wanting to be that way. You know, and I think that's where, where we're somewhat on the middle ground is that you're, you know, that's a coach to you. And yeah, I guess it is. But then we would, when we discussed, you know, systems and, vocation and economy and knowledge acquisition etc that's where it gets you know you know reality versus you know the highest ideal yeah yeah
0: yeah absolutely and i i mean this was correct
1: uh, on that on the on on number one our disagreement of that plus two were the
0: yeah I i think that's yeah i think that's definitely part of it i think another source of disagreement and again like you said this is a good thing it it makes me constantly think about what it is um you know i believe and is it true and is it not i couldn't agree more and we said this a lot at the summit you know these principles are incredibly simple you know walk with rocks go eat real whole food okay well go do it right like you know are we are we saying people are like spending money just for you know shits and giggles it's like no like it, it's it's simple intellectually it's simple rationally but of course there's so much cultural bullshit that's floating in the other direction it's not like so to me it's not people don't know or recognize this it's not that it's not simple it, yeah it's incredibly simple and yet why aren't you doing it right yep. yeah. um so that and that's that's where and it's not i think we talked about it on another episode there are certain things like if someone tells you how to change a tire or not put your, your hand on like a you know a hot stove like okay well you're not going to do that again but when there are things that are pulling you in the other direction addictively in terms of you know laziness and sitting on a couch or wanting to eat you know domino's pizza the imparting of information is the first step but then it's the repeated action of like okay let's let's try this again like you know um what happened this week that made you go to that what are the deeper beliefs um you know things from childhood or what have you that are that are leading um to that so i I think there's I think with the coach there's some element of um it's it 's not just the imparting of knowledge it's the helping with habit formation um you know and there, i mean there's certainly certain people in the population who can just get telling the info and they do it, yeah, but the overwhelming majority of people don't yeah so uh that that would be another area where I wonder, like if it 's so simple and it 's so accessible and people can do it without paying any money like. And why aren't they doing it yeah because they don't
1: want to that's what i that's what i get to they don't want to yeah
0: they don't well i think i think it's yeah i i think it's partly that they don't want to but i also think that there are these you know cultural forces fast food restaurants i don't
1: disagree disagree with those cultural forces but i and i mentioned this at the summit i see it the same way as snatches snatches existing and people saying yeah but i want to do it because they exist it's like I don't I don't know a workaround on that. Yeah, you know, it's like I you know I don't know. I, I'm just gonna tell you that you know um, you know goblet squats are are quote unquote better. It's it's like you know oh but I think you need to and this is not what you're saying but I see it you know follyly as this is like oh but we need to explain you know where their arms are in symmetry in an overhead squat with a PVC pipe and then we need to talk about you know, shin angle. And then we need to, you know, quote unquote, gain as much data and information thinking that they're going to gain the habits that are necessary to get to that point to recognize, aha, see, I told you, you shouldn't do snatches. So I think it's, it, it, it's, I see it as similar as that. And it's good. You know, we can continue to talk, talk that out uh, through multiple different ways that get, gets, you know, expressed both from you, Robbie and me, James, in our podcast Um and, and, it's, it's good. It's good that we yeah. see things differently. You know, that's important.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, and, you know, I mean, your perspective has always been a very helpful one and a good and challenging one that, you know, makes me rethink my position, what it, why it is. I believe what I believe, I guess the last thing to maybe discuss, I guess, related to what we were talking about with uh, coaching and information going maybe to the fitness collective and information, Um. you know, if we're saying, you know, whether it's 2035 or 2050 or 2100, the idea that um, you know the fitness industry and coaching just wouldn't exist um, what would you like to see imparted by society or the fitness collective in terms of like information that you know the individual should uh, you know is it just while the information the individual just kind of like search out searches out the information with books or you know friends or something like that is there some societal thing where like you know the u.s government or what have you says like oh you know, you should be able to do, you know, such and such pull-ups or what have you, or like, what do you see, you know, in your ideal world, you know, what sort of values or info would um, the fitness collective be imparting to society and individuals such that they would be kind of heading in the particular direction of maybe say autonomy or things like that?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, Two things. First, I think I need to write a book uh, on that techno future concept of that um that that again will contain and then for number two contain these pieces of information uh that are that are extracted from a metaphorical synopsis of where we're going and like play out the next let's call it 77 years right so by 2100 this is this is what's in place and i think that uh yeah, I think that I do hold a little bit of hope. Well, first of all, to be completely honest, I don't give a shit what what is happening in twenty one hundred. Like, <laughs> be completely honest, regardless of what you tell me, what I want for my kids and my grandkids, that's just my, you know, I'm sure I'll do my best. But, anyways, not to come back to that as being a darker aspect, but, um, I, uh, I really think that it there is there is a possibility that because of this uh let's call it a platform of the digital age and information age that we sit on it may get to a point in time where we almost can't look away from all of the principles and basics that are extracted from you know I'll just take two things right what is a what is a cognitively strong human at 95 and what is a uh a, and what is a physically strong human at 95 that also, quote unquote, is full of vitality and this energy of love and acceptance and wisdom and sagedom. Right. So I think that story may, you know, those stories, which they have been, I think in the past hundred years, they've gone by and we've only read about it in text from books or something, or use these people as idols. Right. But maybe over time with all the the digital platform and the tech and the shit that we sit on, there'll be so much data extracted. We will not be able to look away from these basic principles, like people who are consistent in movement and challenge themselves every day. Those who ate real food and those that really strive to, to learn more about humans and to learn more about themselves and their existence. I think, that data will will be uh, will be very viewable. It'll be impossible to to unsee it, you know, because of the data gained on the technological platform. So that would be my hope, that uh, you know. And of course, there's always that darker aspect to is a, who gets access to the data, who sees it, you know, who, you know. So, anyways.
0: So it's not so much necessarily society parting it per se but just uh, you know it's it's just as clear as day that people can you know that these results have been achieved by such and such people doing such and such things okay
1: yes yes it's almost i guess it's akin to you know some of the things that are are which are great but are not being withheld from the public today on neuroscience um cognitive function decay of the brain uh dna genetic studies like these things are getting us to this like you know, really uncomfortable point, right, of realizing evolution, origins, uh entropy, you know, that are really, like it's happening now, are really, really uh, good that those pieces of information are available. And it's a good sign, right? We're not like going through a, a neuroscience winter. You know, it's actually it's been very positive, right? right. Um, so I hope that would be the case. Okay. And inside it's going to take a lot of people like you and I to ask hard questions on, well, is this telomere book bullshit? You know, uh, what's a biohack and what is actually effective for our definition of vitality. So I think it'll, there'll always be, well, that would, that should be anyways, should be our goal. That's imperative language for you, but that's, that's our, should be our goal is to try to be those voices that ask those questions for, you know, the next uh, 20, 30 years.
0: It's funny that you mentioned that uh, because, yeah, during one of the uh, presentations, the book by David Sinclair, the uh, about longevity uh, came up and, uh, you know, aging as a disease. And, you know, I, I thought we could actually do a podcast on this yeah, notion. Let's of, do it.
1: In my is, opinion, is, to be quick, it's a God complex. That's what uh, that's what it comes down to. These people have they think they're going to conquer death.
0: Yeah. So I, I thought that would be, but that, that's a, that's an example. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, in, in one sense, it's an interesting perspectival shift to say, well, you know, aging is now a disease, but like, mm, did that, did that take, take us in a U-turn direction of, you know, uh, what, what are we losing, uh, life-wise as a result of yeah. doing that? Yeah. I yeah. Great.
1: Be- oh man. That's a really good one. Um, cause you know, and that, which I haven't publicly discussed, but we could do it on that. It does change up the maximal physical potential, uh, chart, it changes it up. And so that's something interesting to discuss too, you know?
0: Yeah. It's just resist from zero to <laughs> 2000. It's just resist. Entropy. <laughs> no peaking, no, nothing.
1: Yeah. Resist. Yeah. that little, that little growth and development blip changes, you know? Yep. Oh man. Crazy. Hey, I'm 33. Know. I'm mature enough to drive a car. <laughs> that's what happens down the road. Well, 30,
0: yeah, 33. I just stop be,
1: sucking my thumb.
0: <laughs> 33 will be like an embryo, you know, on the 2000 year timescale when it's like millennia.
1: Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, I stopped sucking my thumb.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, come out of test tubes and crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, that's yeah. a separate one, too, uh, down the road. Yeah. On, uh,
0: yeah, I'm, yeah I'm not sure agent.
1: what philosophy fits into it, but we could uh, discuss the uncomfortable topic of uh, of uh, genetics, you know, and the science of that right now. That's a good philosophical conversation, right? The one that in right. case we're just going to whet the appetite for people, you know, maybe over time socially it's very acceptable to, to get a really um, – Technologically driven, you know, insight into information that's being passed from a call it a child, call it a fetus, call it some cells at uh, four weeks of age that makes us start to question. Well, what is what is what is a conception of humans? Uh, and now, now even more on top of that, they're also extracting information that tells us what their level of intelligence will be or their you know this is this is the areas we have to get into with medicine and measurement and technology and there's a big amount of physical philosophical dilemmas that come with that as i'm sure those can imagine on those oh um, yeah
0: so yeah so. there's a whole yeah bioethics and yeah i mean have you, have you ever seen or heard of the movie Gattaca
1: oh yeah okay yeah so Man, i refer to that For- so often
0: yeah so for those who may not have heard of it uh yeah it's with uh ethan hawk and with yeah. herman
1: yeah they haven't yeah. done a good job of uh digitally like it's it's still a good concept to watch but man i also just watched um uh the first five minutes of the handmaid's tale which was in 1992 mm-hmm. um and uh because i wanted to see the basic premise of it that was first put into film man it's horrible film like it's just so hard to watch. The film oh, is it? so bad. Yeah. Like, you know, the presence on screen. And then I go back yeah. to like a current, you know, high definition resolution is like,
0: what yeah. the heck?
1: <laughs> what did we ever put up with?
0: Yeah, like what were we watching back then?
1: <laughs> it's like it, it makes me it makes me think like we're we're watching those uh soundless black and white videos of Charlie yeah. Chaplin, right? It's like, yeah. oh that's so good. <laughs>
0: That's probably what people 50 years from now will think when they look right. back at a movie from 1992. Yeah.
1: Well, I think the connecting aspect to that is going to be that you're going to actually be much deeper, deeper connected to the film, right? Through VR. Uh, yeah. Temperature, smells, feelings—like they're going to be like right in front of you. You know, you're going to be a person on the street, uh, like as a camera angle. You're going to be sitting on a on a thing as like the future woody allen walks through and has a conversation for four minutes right right that's going to be mind mind and brain blowing
0: yeah you'll be able to touch charlie chaplin's face which of course is not charlie chaplin's face because they didn't digitize yeah yeah so they'll create a simulacra, and yeah yeah all the information
1: yeah and then he's going to touch you in other places
0: (laughs) yeah That's the NC uh, seventeen. You gotta like Charlie Chaplin would have. That's, that's meta premium. That's <laughs> Oculus premium. For, uh...
1: Oh well, that's inside the 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 ethics and dilemma stuff that we'll have to deal with philosophically as well, right? Yeah, VR porn. Yeah, we'll we'll front end it with you having to watch Gattaca as well as a uh, Joaquin Phoenix movie. Uh, her was it? Yeah, her. Yeah, you gotta yeah. watch that on the front end and then. Yeah. Get into questioning relations and yeah.
0: Good what stuff. Oh, thanks for today. I
1: hope, uh, hope we uh, are able to put, put them two together. Um,
0: yeah, we should we be should great. Be able
1: to... Yeah. it's a great topic and I look forward to misinformation and disinformation and I'll bring, uh, I'll bring a bunch of, um, uh, text and information from that too. That was more recently released. Uh, from the government on their perspectives of it as well. It'd be good to pull that in uh, to people to say, well, this is what different parties actually think of the definition of that. And then we'll be able to mention it and then tie it into fitness. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks again.
0: All right. Thanks, James.